0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision.
1: My team, Power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Power, power.
0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host Mac 19 and joining us is Rick. How are you, mate?
1: I'm good. What about you?
0: Not too bad, not too bad. How are you you dealing with this uh, corona world at the moment?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I was saying uh, to my lovely wife last night that, I don't know, I started probably a month ago. This is our fourth week. So we probably started two weeks earlier than a lot of other people or business people. And and I sort of feel like, I think I'm in sort of a complacency period now. So, when I was highly aware of what was going on, everyone else was like, "She'll be right; it's business as normal." And now everyone is; everyone else seems to be now in that uh, red alert phase. And I'm sort of like, "Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I want to I go. I want to go out and get some fish and chips, or yeah. do this or do that." It's, so I, I just wonder if that that one month isolation period sort of creates a bit of. Um, a relaxation in the psyche, but um, yeah, just trying to keep on top of all the government changes. So, the JobKeeper program got announced today. So, um, yep. yeah, and so that's interesting. It'll be a little bit relevant for you too, Macca, as, as a business owner um, or son of a business owner, whichever yep. way you want to look at it. So, so yeah, that's uh, that will be interesting. Um, so, the quick takeaway from that is obviously, you've got to. For all the business people out there, you—if uh, you've got employees, they have to be full-time or part-time bef- they, before the first of March this year to qualify.
0: Okay. Um,
1: you got to have a thirty. So anyone that was employed after that won't qualify. And so if no casual, casuals. Then? Casuals have to be twelve months. Okay. Um, and you—they're going to use the Bass period from last year to this year. So if you're a quarterly Bass payer. Uh, I guess I'll be comparing January to March uh, yeah. this year with last year, by the looks of it. So, um, so yeah. So that's just come out today, but it should be helpful for a lot of businesses. And uh, yeah, it's very exciting, isn't it?
0: It's well, good. I think it's a good move by the government, even though um, our children will be paying for it for the rest of their lives. But uh, <laughs> it probably needs to happen. So, I think that's a good. Good deal, I think. I think. Uh, well, you know who benefits? We keep a lot of people Part- happy.
1: Part-time employees are the ones that are cheering. Yeah, yeah. Because if it. you if you earn part-time five hundred bucks a week, you're going to get paid seven hundred and fifty. Yeah. The before tax, so the the employer still has to pay tax. Happy days, um, man. So you know you're getting a pay rise, <laughs> and so uh, happy days the part-time employees well done so That's uh, yeah, someone's a winner so what about Someone you how are
0: you winner. holding up yeah not too bad uh, getting a bit down about it now like I'm missing the footy mate I am missing the footy yeah. it would have been good to, uh, to see us win a couple more games but uh I don't know we'll have to wait and see what happens with the season um, I guess they're still planning on there being more of a season than what there has been um, whether crowds will be allowed at all this year I, I'm Pretty doubtful about that. I reckon they might play the rest of the season with no crowds, including the finals and grand final. Um, That'd be interesting. That would be very interesting to see uh, see what happens there. But, so uh,
1: answer, me, answer me this riddle then, Maka. Why is it that I see on the news that Wuhan tonight is open for business? So in two and a half months, um, how can Wuhan, as I type it in as well, be open when we're expecting 6 to 12 months?
0: I don't know. Do Can't really answer that, mate. I don't know. Like, Who knows what they do over there and uh, the decisions that they make. Um, I guess they're trying to get back to normality in Wuhan as well, but I don't know. There's um, lots of things that aren't 100% right, I don't think.
1: But Are, are you in the wait for the vaccine camp, the herd immunity camp, or the six weeks to three months complete lockdown camp?
0: Uh, I'm in the wait and see camp, I think.
1: Wait and see camp? Yeah. Okay. What, well, yeah. just let it play out a little bit longer?
0: I, th- I think so. I think they've made the right decisions um, at the, at this point in time. I don't know. It's a bit bit of a tricky one. I don't know. Would be good if uh, if cruise ships would sort of piss off a bit, but hey, <laughs> you know, because we, we, if you take out the Ruby Princess, you know we're looking pretty good, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was that was
0: diabolical.
1: Yeah, but the New South Wales health should be ashamed of themselves. Really, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I mean, even though I, I mean, do you remember the first footage in February, like? was on Facebook and it was pretty lame. It was just a plane, like a video on Facebook of a plane, China Southern plane coming to land in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And it was like um, the first plane coming from China um, from the announcement of the virus or something. And you know, and I'm looking at it thinking, what the hell are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then you've got a month later when it's fully blowing, you've got the New South Wales government uh, who screened the passengers before that boatload on the same ship then lets this ship off without even screening it. It is just diabolical. It is. It is. Farcical, mate. Farcical. Farcical. This is what it comes to. What have we got to talk about other than farcical (laughs) (laughs) governments? I mean, it's just crazy. Absolutely. Well, look,
0: what our plan is for tonight... Because we want to give our listeners some sort of content. So we thought we'd pick eight random players. You picked four. I picked four from the past. And we thought we'd just talk about them for a bit. Yes. Because, hey, why not? Why not? Now, one of these names is not quite like the others. (laughs) Um, But that's all right. That's okay. So why not get started? Well, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that. There's a lot of legends of the club. And then there's... One other player. <laughs> oh, the one that you chucked in there? Yeah, yeah.
1: Because yeah, I was, they, they I was not
0: expecting you to pick all legends of the club, but hey, that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> we'll run with it. That's fine. So, look, let's get into it and talk about our first player, and that's Darryl Borlase, Daisy. Who, Daisy. Uh, just some some quick stats. He played from 1985 to ninety eight. Two 246 games, 328 goals, was the club captain in 1998, a uh, four-time premiership player in uh, 92, 94, 96, 98, and led the goal-kicking one year as well. Uh, what are your memories of uh, of Daisy Ballas, mate?
1: Let's add on to that, that he also missed the 1988, 89, 99, and 99, 1995 grand final. He did. And, he was an unlucky bugger. And he wasn't Port Adelaide enough for his son to qualify <laughs> to be father-son.
0: No, that's right. Do not have kids overseas if you're an ex-Port Adelaide <laughs> player. Don't. Have children overseas, because I, I mean, otherwise like, they may end up linked to any other club. <laughs> but Which I mean, is ridiculous.
1: In, relation, in relation to the player, I mean, he came from one of those one of our best signings ever. Really, the um, is it the Air Peninsula yep. out there? Yeah, you know, from Sajuna like you know, just one of those tough bloody footballers. But you know, I remember that he had the he had the great. Brown flowing mullet, but he was just a tough, tough, but refined player. You know, I wouldn't say he was, um, uh, an elegant player, like just moved like a gazelle, so to speak, but he was just a good, solid, hard player that did his job and and had very reliable skills and was a great servant of the footy club.
0: Yeah. He definitely wasn't elegant. He was slow as sludge, really. Um, you know, compared to sort of some of the quicker guys out there, like Trigger and Harrison and those sorts of players that he played with. But um, what he was, was a very good player. He was tough as nails. I, I kind of consider there to be sort of two Daisy Ballazers. There's the sort of, there's the first incarnation of Daisy, which was your more sort of forward flanker, kicked a lot of goals. um maybe a bit injury prone, as you said, missed out on a lot of those early premierships, 88, 89, 90 and 95 um you know very unlucky there and then there was the sort of second incarnation when he got a little bit older he sort of moved more into the midfield more of an inside midfielder um was a very good captain in that one year and arguably sort of retired a bit quick like i i, I was expecting him to play another couple of seasons after that um but sort of uh, pulled the pin after 98 and uh so yeah look as you said great skills Kicked a lot of goals, very, very good at uh, hitting forward targets uh, and just knew how to position himself on that sort of forward flank and, and find space and get space and, you know, had a couple of really good grand finals there.
1: It was. I thought he was good overhead too. That's one of the memories. He was, he was a good fun. mark, yeah. For a, for a medium-sized player, yeah, he wasn't a massive player. So for a medium-sized player, he was good overhead and that's what I mean. He was just, yeah, one of those, I mean, we could say it probably about 90% of Port Adelaide players. You know, he was just a yeah. good, consistent, dour sort of player that just did his job and was hard as nails.
0: Yeah, that's right. Led the goal-kicking. Uh, um, there was one game against Sturt in 1987. He kicked 10 goals. Imagine that. Amazing. Uh, I've got the highlights on a videotape somewhere of that game. As, uh, do you uh, really? I do, yeah. Uh, thanks to my old man who uh, taped it off the news or something that day. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, 10 goals. Um hard to imagine him kicking 10 goals in a game but look I think 92 he kicked uh, he kicked over 40 goals for the season and uh, kicked a few in the premiership that year as well so he was a good player I'll always like Daisy
1: So he led the goal kicking with 25 goals that year Is that He I did right?
0: I think so yeah
1: yeah That was pretty bleak wasn't it
0: <laughs> What's a bleak year What's
1: I guess that, that was
0: that was post-Tim Evans and pre Scotty Hodges and Mark Tyler, really. Um, well, he did it in, what, 1991, right? Yeah. Oh, did he do it in 91? Uh, yeah, well,
1: well, I I'm guess just, so. I just want to w- click the link on Wikipedia. That's what it's brought up. Yeah. But I guess we, he's coming off as Scott Hodges in 1990, kicking 153 goals. Yeah. And, and then we get he,
0: 25 goals. Yeah.
1: And we lost Scott, I guess, to the Crows, didn't we? So, yeah. So we're, the, we're sort of a bit of a vortex there. So he's come up and won with 25 goals. It's uh, pretty in, grim. But anyway. That is a bit grim. It's, uh, it's that's a bit like Shane Grim, poor, that one. It's a bit poor circa 2018-2019.
0: Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, I guess Tyler was injured for a lot of 91. I guess many would have expected him. He would probably have led the goal-kicking. Um uh, mm. Guys like Ginevere and Hutz and Setry and Stephen Williams, Marnie, those sorts of guys kicked a few goals. I think Phillips spent a fair bit of time up forward as well that year. Whilst Tyler was out, he kicked 15 goals for the year, I think, as well. So, um, Yeah, just one of those uh, interesting quirks, I guess. Here's uh,
1: Here's a random question for you, Maka, without you cheating and looking. Yeah. How many times did Scott Hodges win the leading goal kicker?
0: For Port Adelaide? Yeah. Uh, that would be one, two, three, four, five. I will say five.
1: How'd you do that?
0: Well, he did it in 88, 89, 90 and yeah. ninety-four and ninety-six.
1: Uh, you're plenty good. You better not be cheating and reading. I'm not. This I'm
0: story. not cheating. I don't have any stats in front of me. Just to... no.
1: That's that is right. That is yeah. very right. 74, 79, 153,
0: 130, 117. What a gun. What a gun. Daisy. all what Daisy. What a star. So next player I'm going to talk about, one of my all-time personal favourites. No, he's one of my all-time personal well,
1: favourites. Abso-
0: not just a superstar player, but an absolute superstar gentleman of a guy, Russell Johnston. Um, yes. Some quick stats for him 1981 to 1990 He played 208 games, 73 goals I uh, Was the club captain from 1986 to 1990 Won premierships in 81, 89 and 90 Jack Odie, medal 89 Best and fairest, 1989 Came to the club from Collingwood uh, They released him And uh, we got him in 1981 And he just became a legend of the club Obviously was named, in the, uh, was named as Ruckman in the, the greatest team uh, Which I,
1: I, I read that tonight, and I, I didn't remember that at the time. And uh, that was amazing. Like out of, out of all the... So many great players, like yeah. they rated him that highly.
0: Just a star. And you can see why he became captain. Because he led from the front. There was a lot of Matty Primus in him. For those that didn't get to see Russell Johnson play, there was a lot of Matty Primus. And not just his leadership style, but his playing style as well. Uh, I thought he was a superstar guy, and... Uh, yeah, one of my all-time favourites.
1: He just, he just had that. Uh, now you talk about elegant. I thought he was an elegant, elegant ruttman. He just, he had that great drifting leap. Yeah. That, um, you know, that he could just jump high, and I mean, <laughs> I can't believe he was only like one hundred and ninety-three centimeters. But
0: it's crazy when you think about it. This like time, in this day, it, that's the same size as Paddy Cripps.
1: Yeah, I mean, Paddy Cripps is one
0: ninety-three centimeters.
1: It's how, how time warps things, right? Because like I think back like when I watched him, I thought he was this big massive guy, like and just dominated games and he yeah, he was just an amazing Ruckman, beautiful Tat, tat Ruckman had a great leap and uh, fantastic player and was there, wasn't there a video comp, video recorder controversy with him?
0: A what? Video still a
1: video did he steal a video player or something?
0: Oh, got no idea, mate. I wouldn't have a clue. There uh, was one big controversy with him, and that was uh, him getting suspended for the nineteen eighty eight premiership. Uh, late in the year against Sturt, he uh, ironed out Carl Delina and uh, copped uh, copped a five week suspension. I think it was at the time, which ruled him out for the grand final. Unless we lost a final, uh, which we didn't, we went to, we finished top. Went straight through, and uh, which meant um, our captain missed out on uh, on the long-awaited premiership in 1988.
1: And he, he sort of did the hard yards in the mid '80s there too, right? So he did. absolutely, um, yeah, he would have been devastated in uh, in missing that. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm I'm up there. I can't believe you're trying to steal my one of my favourite players. Oh, he's a gun, mate.
0: And uh, look look. He uh, he certainly made up for it in 1989, as I said, best and fairest that year, won the Jack Hody medal, had a really, really good uh, grand final that year against North Adelaide when we absolutely demolished them. Uh, up against a, a really good ruckman uh, in Mick Redden as well that day, so, mm. you know, just his ability, I think, just to win tap after tap, and hit guys like Stephen Williams and Tim Gineva David Brown, those sorts of guys, and... Yeah, he was pretty good kick behind the play as well and could take a good mark and was a, a reliable kick of the footy. Um, and yeah, just one of my all-time favourites, mate. Love the guy. Love him.
1: Yeah, Brownie was one of my favourites. We'll have to chuck him in on one of these
0: shows. Absolutely. Next one, I reckon. We'll have to yeah, talk love about... Uh, love the Brown noodles. man. That's it. Well, next player. Uh, as I said, one of these names is not quite like the other and that's uh, Kane Mitchell. <laughs> I thought I'd put a random one in there. And uh, good old Kane. Played from uh, 2013 to 2016. 35 games, 19 goals. No premierships, no best and fairest. No Jack Odie medals. Um, but, you know, for what he was and for the price that we paid for him, you know, he was a decent player.
1: No, he wasn't.
0: <laughs>
1: Rick, come As on. As a full... He's- his squid contests,
0: Macca. <laughs> I didn't think he was much of a squib.
1: His foot skills,
0: his foot skills were not the best. It has to be said, not the best. Uh, pretty deplorable, actually. But what he did do, he tried hard. I thought he always tried hard. And the good, the thing. This is what I used to say back on the podcast, you know, five six years ago. Was that the good thing I liked about Kane Mitchell was that. He always delivered in big games. Whenever we played a showdown, whenever we played Hawthorne back in their Premiership era, or Frio when they were good, he always mm-hmm. delivered. He always played good games against those good opposition. It was the rest of the time where he just did nothing.
1: You're clutching. So... Mate, Do you I... know why he did well against the good teams? Because generally we lost and <laughs> no one paid attention to him. So he ran around like a dog with rabies and just got plenty of ball because they exactly. knew that he'd just kick it back to them anyway.
0: Exactly. Mate, if we made the grand final in 2014, I, he would have been first name. I would have picked. <laughs> yeah. Because he would I'd have, have so. got 35 touches that day because no one would have
1: paid any attention to it. <laughs> and at 15% efficiency rating. Well,
0: that, that's fine.
1: That's fine. And and 100% squid factor under pressure. <laughs> I'm only talking about Kane... The footballer, but Kane, the individual, I don't know, and I'm sure he's a top bloke. He he's um, a top guy. But, yeah, I don't know why you, you threw him in, but... Uh, well, anyway. I didn't think
0: you were going to pick all legends, mate. I thought we were just going to pick random names. Yeah. Well,
1: I just... What's, what are you talking about legends? Uh, you know, they're just... You just pick who you pick, and I picked... So I picked some good ones. What, well, what, do, you, you what do you want me to you
0: do? Oh, I, look, I, don't, I don't remember...
1: Superstar of the club, superstar. I'm going to pick Nick Stevens next week. How's that? I'll pick. I'll pick Nick Stevens. Do Adam I have to Huss- talk about him? Adam Huskus, Byron Pickett. I'll pick. A, I'll pick the, uh, the the bad squad or something. Great. That sounds
0: wonderful. <laughs> All right, next player. We'll move on. Brendan Lade was the last player that I picked, mate. Brendan Lade, laser, lady, laser. Played 234 games and kicked 182 goals uh, from '97 through to 2009. Played in our premiership in '04. Was a star that year. Was All-Australian in 2006 and 2007. Won the best and fairest in 2006. You know, he, that back end of his career was wonderful considering he broke his leg in consecutive seasons. Mm. In, in 2000 and 2001, he pretty much missed the entire seasons. Only played two games across those two years. And uh, you know to come back from that and to become the such a reliable,
1: great player that he was uh, is a real credit to him. Agreed. I thought he was an amazing player. Um, yeah, he was probably talking about Russell Johnson. He was, he was probably the maybe the next best tap Ruckman from since Russell. Maybe. Yeah. I reckon that's a reasonable call. I think
0: yeah, spot on, mate. Absolutely. Um, um,
1: yeah, I mean, and it was questionable whether he was going to come back from. You know, one of them was just, you know, just what a, an innocent bloody shin knock, wasn't it, really? Like just yeah. going up for the jump and they just sort of tapped shins and he bloody broke his shin. And it, I mean, I remember thinking, oh, shit, he's screwed. But, um, you know, he, he fought back well. You know, his lasting memory, I can't remember the bloody guy's name now. I should. I mean, when he chased that Melbourne player, Kyle Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's when it was, it was when it was like Pete Port, like the unbeatable Port, just like kill anyone that's in its path. And mm. yeah, and Kael Wharton went to feint uh, a punch, <laughs> and then ran off. And then the Footy Show just ran with it for years, yeah. going on. <laughs> but um, but I mean, he could kick. You know, he was a good, great shot at goal. Great, he was a good mark. Yeah, great tap, Ruckman. Yeah, he was a he was a great player for Port LA. Big fan.
0: Yeah. And look, he's the sort of guy that would, you know, if he was a 18-year-old coming through now, he's, he would have made it as a key forward, mm. really, because he was a, a really good mark. He was, you know, a dead-eye dick in front of the sticks, could kick them from anywhere, um, including some big torps that, that I remember. Mm. Um, you know, he was just a great player, and... You know, coming into the club, I think he was one that we hid away and, and paid money to to stay out of the draft in '96 and maybe '95 as well. And I still remember, um, you know, back when he was really young and starting out for South Adelaide, and there was a lot of lot of hype about him. That oh, you know, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be one of the first pick for Port Adelaide. And um, he he was one that actually delivered on the hype. He uh, he fully deserved that hype, and uh, mm-hmm. had a wonderful career.
1: What about his career as coach?
0: Probably less than impressive, but uh, doesn't take away from Lady the player, that's for sure. Correct, because he was a star, and especially good in Four in that uh, in that premiership. So you know, he kicked thirty-one goals that year, I think it was, um, which for for a guy that was uh, playing predominantly as you know lead ruck, it's a, a pretty good pretty good record. You know his ability to to ruck all day and you know sneak forward, kick a goal was great.
1: So what year do you reckon that was? That was '04, 04, mate. '04. 04. Just trying to see. I've got some. Yeah, 31 goals, 10 behinds. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, good accuracy there. Yeah. 2007. He. Uh, he was pretty consistent with his hitouts too, really. So yeah. yeah but, from two thousand and four onwards, over three hundred. So I guess that's when his mid when his midfield time really came up and played more games. And uh, yeah, I don't know what what else can you say about him. He was uh, star. a great star player for Portland, We're Lucky, and he, he timed it well. Came came on just as uh, Primus was going out. Yeah,
0: spot on. And uh, yeah, definitely the best AFL ruckman we've had. Definitely the best ruckman since Russell Johnston. And, you know, if we were to put together a greatest team now, he may just even sneak in.
1: Yeah, maybe. I was a big Matty Primus fan, though.
0: Primus was good at his best, but he didn't have the skills that Lady had.
1: Yeah. Lady's know, the I more mean,
0: complete footballer.
1: Potentially, but I think Matty Primus was more influential. mm
0: all right, let's move on. And the first player on your list, mate, David Hines, Big Hinesy, uh,
1: mate. My list, the goatee. Just, my list is just so much better than your list. I'm just putting it out there. I yeah, mean, oh,
0: look, I had some jealousy when I saw your list, mate. I
1: David suppose. Hines, like I just love that guy. Yeah, and again, I couldn't believe. I looked up his stats, like for the show, only 190 centimeters, macker.
0: I know, I know.
1: <laughs> the guy, like, again, I just remember this guy playing. He, to me, he was freaking huge.
0: He looked right. like yeah. a man mountain out there. And, Imagine. you know, he, he looked, growing up, he looked like the scariest bloke alive, you know, yes, when I was a kid. Massive goatee. That goatee and just, you know, yeah. some of the fights he used to get into. And
1: in the yeah.
0: 1990 Premiership him throwing these massive bloody punches yeah. that <laughs> thankfully missed people but
1: uh yeah he was a star. What a star. What a great he was, player. He was but he was just so versatile. Very you know, versatile. He, he could play he was great as coming from behind in a pack, taking the mark, coming over the top, you know, as a Ruckman, like as a second Ruckman, yeah, you know, he was more than serviceable. He was a very good second Ruckman. Yeah. And he was a great he was a great forward.
0: He, like, was, he very literally good
1: forward. Yeah. You would call you would call him in modern football now. He would be like the archetypal swingman, wouldn't he? Yeah, um, he, you could use him anywhere. And um, yeah, I just all I have is just memories of his influence in just anywhere around the ground. It, you know, but I think I, I did enjoy watching him as a ruttman just because of his physicality, and um, and he just didn't shirk anything. He was just yeah. so fucking strong. Yeah, you know, it was just he was. amazing. Yeah. And It refreshed my memory, but it was, yeah, he was actually drafted by West Coast, but sat out and didn't go to West Coast straight uh, away.
0: Well, yeah, I guess that was the era back then. We'll go through his stats. He played from 85 to 90 and kicked uh, 115 goals in 120 games, played in that hat-trick of premierships from 88 to 90. Um, did go to the AFL in 1991, played there for seven years. Uh, Played 86 AFL games and uh, 27 goals for West Coast and Frio. And played in uh, West Coast 94 Premiership. Missed out in 92. Um, Played a lot of footy that year. But uh, did get that AFL Premiership in 94 as well. Um, Yeah, look, I guess that was the era back then. Like um, AFL clubs or VFL clubs could draft you and they had the rights over you for two years. Um, So I'm guessing, you know, without it in front of me... but. I'm assuming that he got uh, drafted in 88 from memory. Yep. And d- didn't go over until 91. Correct, yeah. yeah. So
1: playing um, the 88, 89, 90 premiership teams. He did.
0: And look, this was, you, you mentioned his versatility and th- that's really what it came down to for Heinz. Was, he was a very good forward. His leap, it was all about his leap. He had a, a yeah. great leap, good strong mark in front of the sticks. But that leap meant that he could ruck successfully as well. Um, and he certainly looked a lot bigger than hundred and ninety centimeters out there um but look you know, as I mentioned with Russell Johnson, you know he missed the eighty eight premiership with suspension, and it was Heinsey that had to step up and, um, mm-hmm. and take that ruck mantle from John o and he did so so wonderfully well um you know an inch away from a jack Odie medal in eighty eight in my opinion, he was probably second best on ground that day. And in 1990 as well, when Russell Johnson got injured in the first quarter, um, you know he had to shoulder the ruck load again that day. And again, was wonderful in that midfield. And uh, really got the team going. Um, and again, was pretty damn close to a Jack Odie medal that day too, in my opinion. Um, yeah, just
1: a wonderful player. And he was the real re- only reason that I ever had a desire to watch the West Coast Eagles play. Yeah.
0: I think yeah, all Port Adelaide fans loved Hinesy. Like he was just archetypal Port Adelaide. I reckon.
1: Yeah.
0: Tough as nails, Absolutely. skillful. You know. Loved a little him. bit arrogant. You know, loved him. arrogant,
1: Great Arrogant or confident? Confident.
0: That's probably the word I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, he should be. just he looked like a superstar. Port Adelaide
0: player. Looked like a poor it player. Did. Played
1: like a poor player. Tough, a little bit of thuggery. Yeah, good skills, composed. It ticked all the boxes. Gun, speaking of guns, mate.
0: Next player, Martin Leslie. What a yeah. star he was. He I played. A, that. He played from eighty-one to eighty-eight. One hundred and fifty games, twenty-one goals. Played in that premiership in eighty-eight. Was our best and fairest in nineteen eighty-six. Uh, you know, the the AFL held their first of the successive AFL drafts in 1986. And he was the very first player picked in an AFL draft in the modern era. Um, Played 107 AFL games for Brisbane, kicked 11 goals. uh, Played there for six years. Uh, Was All-Australian in 1988, um, after the the great bicentennial carnival that he had for South Australia. Won Brisbane's best and Ferris in 1990 as well. I always hoped that he would come back for, for a year or two at the end of his career, but it didn't happen. But uh, oh,
1: His shoulders were rooted, though, right? They
0: were rooted. The, yeah, my lasting such... memory of Martin Leslie will always be that he had a different Guernsey to everyone else out there. <laughs> Literally. Like, it was different. <laughs> he, I'm, I don't think he could wear the lace-up, so he had like a traditional sort of uh, pull-on Guernsey on, which had this big bloody collar on it. And it just looked different. Like, there was far too many prison bars on it. And it just looked odd that he was in a completely different Guernsey to the rest of his team.
1: That's because his physique was just so unusual. Like, you know, the modern footballer had, you know... Broadest
0: shoulders you've ever seen.
1: Yeah, his shoulders were massively wide, but he didn't have the the traps on his neck, you know, where they... So his neck just goes up to his ears or anything. So it was just so boxy and square. Yeah. Um, You know, but... Yeah, his physique was definitely unique. I mean, yeah, well, you know, we talk about the stereotypical um, how he took on Dermy and the state of origin. Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, to me, it's not about that. I just thought, like, he was, he was just amazing to watch because he hardly ever got beaten and he was just so bloody tough. But he was fair tough, mm. you know. Yeah. I don't – I wouldn't – I'd never say that he was a thug on the football field. But if you messed with him, he would bloody – he he would he's not afraid to go.
0: Oh, he was rock uh, solid.
1: He, and yeah, yeah, you know, we had yeah yeah it was just amazing. I mean, we were spoiled, weren't we? You know, you had Greg Phillips back there. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was just crazy now, half back line
0: in uh, in nineteen eighty eight. But the uh, Abernathy Phillips Leslie doesn't get better than that. Yep, absolute star. Uh, spent a little bit of time up forward uh, in eighty eight. Um, but otherwise, he was just an absolute rock of a defender. Just impossible to get past. Had his monster handball. Um, just had these sort of long, gangly arms, which just always seemed to get that sort of spoil in. And, mm. uh, you know, we we talked about sort of archetypal Port Adelaide players. And, and you know, he's up there with Heinzey as well. He just looked like a poor player and absolutely yep. played like a poor player. And you talk about, you know, Port players of that sort of era being ruthless and you know hard at it and skillful and tough and everything that Jack Hale wanted them to be and Martin Leslie was absolutely a hundred percent
1: that. Hey, I'm just shocked, Mac. I just, I just went to the images on uh, Google for Martin Leslie, mm. um, just for a bit of port porn, and there was an icon, the port cast. So I've clicked it, mm. and the Port Adelaide had their own official podcast back in 2012. Well, there you go. So we weren't the original and the best. Well, we right. actually, we actually ripped off the footy club. <laughs> I didn't even Who know knew? it existed. I didn't even know that existed either. There you go. Yeah, YouTube the podcast. is there anyway. It's good of them so to market
0: lot... it well, then. <laughs>
1: it didn't last long either, did it? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, he was yeah amazing, solid, tough, and you're right. We just, that defensive unit with him back there, Greg Phillips, no one was going to beat him. It would have just, you know, it would have competed in the VFL, I'm sure. But, yes. um, yeah, that's and that's why I picked him because, like, you know, I went big straight away because it was just, like, you know, David Hines, Martin Leslie... Just for me, in the eighties and nineties, were just two fantastic, iconic Port Adelaide players um, that just summed up Port Adelaide to me. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Uh, next player and uh, another star, Darren Mead. Meady, Meady, Meady. What a gun he was! What a gun. Well, I guess we he... should split him up into two parts because there's two pretty significant parts to his career. Um, and we'll talk about the first part now. He played 127 SNFL games, kicked 20 goals, played in that hat-trick of premierships from 94 to 96, mm-hmm. um, debuted back in 1989. Um, it, he was one that took a while to get going, meaty. Yep. But
1: then he just kept going.
0: He did. He kept going. He did, like Every year he just developed, got a little bit better, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um was kind of the Mr. Fix-It
1: at Port Adelaide I, back I in thought... that day in the AFL he was probably one of the best regular center half backs that matched up on Wayne Carey. Yes. He yeah you know, Wayne Carey was in god mode for a lot of that period and Darren, Darren it was rare that Darren was slaughtered by Wayne. He he really held his own and he did yeah, but,
0: he did hold his own yeah.
1: Yeah and but he was just such a strong versatile player for us. And yeah, his, yeah at centre-half back, he just was the linchpin back there, wasn't he?
0: He was at AFL level. And at SANFL NFL level, he played everywhere. Like, I can remember games where he played, obviously in the ruck, he was a regular in the ruck through that era. Uh, he played at centre-half back, played at full-back, played at centre-half forward, played off the bench. He played everywhere. And mm. As I said, he was the Mr. Fix-It. And, um, you know, he played in those three premierships had a really good grand final in uh, 96, I'm pretty sure it was. 95, he was pretty good as well. Um, you know, he, he became a reliable player for us at our NFL level. Um, and what made it better was that he was able to go up to the next level at AFL level and become such a really reliable player there for us as well. As you said, at centre-half back, he was our original best and fairest in 97. Um, very hard to beat. A lot of people thought he might might have made Old Australian that year as well. I think it was mm. uh, Michael Sexton that beat him to it. He had a really good year in 98 as well. Um, you know, it's a shame he was just that little bit too old and didn't quite make it to 04. But,
1: uh... Yeah, yeah. But look, he, he was a great player and did what he did. And again, he got drafted by Essendon, but chose never to go. Yeah, so, that's right. What a great... Uh, Loyal man, he was, and uh, yeah, a good user of the ball. And uh, I noticed someone made reference that he might have struggled in modern football because he'd get pinned for punching it out of bounds all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> true. That is true. He did do that quite a lot. My last thing, in memory of Meaty is always going to be whenever someone was lining up for goal, you know, he'd, he'd belt down from centre half back and tell them exactly where he needed to kick it. Um, you'd always see him in the background, sort of uh, giving advice to uh, Hodges or Cummings or whoever it was.
1: Mm.
0: Um, and that, that's always my sort of uh, lasting memory of him.
1: Yeah, I don't know. For me, like I said before, just his matchup on Kerry, I just thought, you know, the, and uh, I just remember the commentators quite often would just, you know, recognise his uh, ability just to be able to compete against that guy. And uh, yeah, I just thought. He was just a very consistent player for us, yeah. especially at AFL level. I guess he probably fell victim to being with the versatility at SANFL because he was such a good player at that at that nimble height where you could go all over the place. Because obviously, looking at all these players from yesteryear, I'm starting to notice that you know 193, 194 back in the late 80s to mid-90s was obviously probably the 200 centimetres of today. Yeah, um, Absolutely. Yeah, so you 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 would be thrown around a bit more, I guess, in those taller positions because because you were one of the taller people. Yeah.
0: Look, as a ruckman, he was really good at SA NFL level. He was one of the best ruckmen in the league through that era. Um, his ability to take marks again, another guy with a massive leap, huge leap mm. on him, and could get over the top and direct the ball where he wanted it to go. And you know, just one of the real Port Adelaide cult heroes. Yes. And uh, the last player we're going to talk about tonight
1: is the a- coltish
0: of all, <laughs> yes,
1: the cult-ier-ex. blonde
0: bombshell, Adrian Setry. <laughs> 121 games, 105 goals played from 98, uh, sorry, 88 to 98. Won premierships in 1990 and 92. Won the reserves McGarry Medal in 1988. Ah, uh, Set, what a player he was.
1: So was he in the reserves in 93 and 94? He didn't play those finals.
0: He didn't play much through that sort of era, um, that sort of mid '90s section. He was sort of in and out of the side quite a bit. Um, you know, he played 121 games. So I'm pretty sure he played around about the same at reserves level as well.
1: He's he's the uh, he's the Kane Mitchell of the '90s, Macca. He was
0: he was a tiny little bugger, like huge grin, blonde hair, tough, 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 and uh, just had two of the best days of his life
1: in Grand Finals. He's a, he, My memory of him is like no fear and the ball's on the ground and sort of players are running from every direction to sort of get and nullify the ball. Mm. And he's the guy that is the first one there and is happy to jump on the ball and then get squashed by everybody else just to do what the team needs him to do you know, yeah he wasn't he wasn't the most uh, fashionable player but he was a player that just was willing to sacrifice himself for the good of the team and I guess that's why he was able to eke out 120 odd senior games because of his courage
0: yeah absolutely very courageous not the most skillful guy around but as I said, like his nineteen ninety grand final, he kicked three goals in the first half, um, had two direct goal assists as well. He uh, he kicked the ball which hit Scotty Hodges on the chest, which led to him kicking the record for South Australian football. He, and that was great. Um, but yeah, he was one that was in and out of the side a bit. Never sort of, never seemed to get really settled. Um, but you knew that you could rely on him when he was in the team.
1: Mm. loved him. Big fan. He was a good Big player. Fan.
0: Good he sense. was
1: a good player. Yeah, he was probably a, sort of like a, a junior version of Timmy G in a way, right?
0: Yeah, I can see the similarity there for sure.
1: Yeah, but, or the poor, the poor Timmy G or something like that. Without being offensive to Adrian, because yeah, but at least he got some premierships and yeah, that's when I guess it was a club was a club and. You know, you didn't just hunt another club if you got dropped to the, the seconds. You know, you, you just stayed with the club and the culture and, and worked your way through it. And, yeah, yeah it was, uh, yeah, it was just a, a good era for football. So... Um, we had a lot but, of yeah, guys I, through
0: that era who didn't play every week, but we could rely on them a lot. And, and Setry was certainly one of those guys. You know, he played a little bit in 93, a little bit in 94, a little bit in 95, didn't... Didn't, you know, that was probably his prime sort of peak age years as a footballer. But um, Mm. as I said, even 92 in that premiership, he, uh, you know, he had a pretty decent year that year. He was a pretty good player.
1: Yeah. Again, he just sort of came, he was a player for me. Like the. The late '80s and all the was when I, you know, I sort of started following Port '84, but my memory wasn't that great, you know, um, of it. But yeah, the, the late '80s and through the '90s and AFL, and and he was. I wanted to pick sort of a player that, you know, wasn't the superstar, but he was still an iconic player in our in our memories of Port Adelaide football. Yeah, you know, and I think we'll find there's plenty of players like, like him over those few decades, but for sure. he was he was one that stood out and brought me a lot of joy, so thank you, Adrian. Yeah.
0: On your sets. Well that's it, mate. We've got one question from Big Footy, and that's uh, from Johns, which is would Kane Mitchell fare would Kane Mitchell fare better or worse if he came through ten years earlier?
1: No. Well probably, like I probably said,
0: needed it to be twenty years earlier, I
1: think. He's the Adrian Sctery of modern football. <laughs> yeah, probably. He probably could have eked out saying it. Yeah, you know, he probably could have eked out in the nineties, maybe another fifty games because he he would have. He looks like the sort of guy that would have been fit like he is now in the nineties yeah. as well. And that yes. extra fitness probably would have seen him get another. He would have been maybe a hundred game player in the nineties. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but where to for? Um, like, the AFL's got a 500 million line of credit from two financial institutions. Um, so when they do come back, you know, they're going to have a massive debt that needs to be terminated as quickly yep. as possible. So what does that mean for all the footy clubs, not just Port Adelaide? Are we, are they going to have to be rationalising their spending? Is it almost going to be a socialist program for a while and I mean we're sort of similar to that anyway now but you mm-hmm. know the the bigger clubs do still have some sponsorship advantages but yeah you know, are they going to be told you know your whole club only has 10 million to spend over everything um, where are we going
0: well it's going to be a completely different landscape isn't it so it's gonna just be a whole different
1: world is it a good it do you think it, do you think it do you think it's a good or a bad thing?
0: Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure.
1: I think it's. Going I, to be I think that's
0: only an answer I can sort of look back on in retrospect in a few years' time, because yeah. obviously it It feels like football's going to go back sort of twenty years in terms of the off-field sort of state of play. You know, we're going to probably have half the assistant coaches that we've. You know, we went into this season with. It's going to be a lot less off-field staff, less marketing people, less stats guys, analysts, draft people, you know, all that sort of stuff. You know, it's just going to be less. Um, or is there going
1: to be more volunteers?
0: Well, quite possibly. Quite possibly. But, um, you know, you feel p- for people that, you know, are going to lose their jobs and have lost their job, you
1: know? Yeah. It's, it's not good. Well, I mean, there's a lot of, um, you know, loyal Port Adelaide community people that have lost their job in the back end yeah. of the footy club no fault of their own and no fault of the club and it you know and nearly every single one of those people you know their heart is Port Adelaide so yeah you know, I feel for them and I yeah you know, and even the assistant coaches it's an uncertain time but at the same time for me I, I think it's almost a little bit exciting that you know is are we going to go back to like one coach with Maybe two assistant coaches yeah, oh, on the game. Um, yeah, and are they, but it, you know, the, but the power other the other Collingwoods and West Coast, are they going to be able to pay people backdoor or something and, and just have a fleet of um, helpers, so to speak, in italic brackets, not game day to help with their development that other clubs, maybe like Port Adelaide, might not be able to do? Or will, old former players come back to, you know, help the support the club and, and do some coaching. I think it's really intriguing how how it's going to work. And uh, I'm excited to see what it does.
0: will be interesting, that's for sure.
1: Because, I mean, I think the players now, especially the players that have had four years plus experience, would understand what they need to do from a fitness perspective in their program. So... If the fitness departments are diminished, I don't think those players should really miss out on too much. The ones coming in, uh, it might be a little bit challenging for, but um yeah, I don't know. I'm finding it I'm finding it exciting, but I do feel for all the forty people that have been displaced, but I hey mean, join the queue of uh three or four million Australians that have you know, have been screwed over too. So yeah, uh, yeah and I, I think I think it's hopefully the footy all sporting people um have a greater appreciation for what an honour um they have with their position and what they do because all of these guys and girls are now back to being wow. in italic brackets normal people like everybody else yeah. in the in the unemployment queue yeah That's and right. i think and i think a lot of these sporting people maybe did get too big for their own boots at times so um, this is a real wake up call. Hopefully, that they appreciate what they've got when they get it back because, um, yeah, you know, they've, what they've got is a big honour. So, um, um, yeah, so hopefully there's a lot of more desperate players out there when they come back, realising so. that it is short. And hopefully, our team has most of them because that means we'll win.
0: <laughs> yes. Indeed. Well, mate, that's it for this evening, buddy.
1: Pleasure. We'll,
0: we'll try and come back maybe next week uh, with uh, another podcast.
1: Yeah, well, I think Richo is keen to join our show and give people a bit of an update. And, yep. uh, yeah, so uh, happy to, uh, yeah. So, anyway, we uh, might be able to chat to Richo and get an update on what's going on at the club and is it doom and yeah. gloom? Is there a bit of hope? And uh, I guess I'll just have to pick the better players once again, Macca. That's it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> Until next time, come the pair. Adios, amigos.